0: Welcome to the Ivy Church Podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. That you can really safely bring along. A person who's kind of wondering about faith at the moment, and sort of maybe they've got a particular picture of church. Because someone, one thing that I sometimes say is that, that um, you know, we're not responsible, we're not able to change anybody's mind about God. That's the Holy Spirit's job. But we're ridiculously in charge of changing people's minds about church. And if they think that church is like this boring, you know, thing that you've got to endure I and mean, they can come to what we're doing and find out actually it's a party and it's a celebration and it's done brilliantly and it's, it's like wow there may be that will give a question mark enough to be able to work with that's how God got me in the first place so that's really why I want us to be able to do that in, in so many ways so it's um, you know there's so many great things that happen at Ivy like that anyway Um, But I just really want us to make a big, big focus of this in academy. So there's three academies and this is the biggest one and it's got room for like over a thousand people to be able to come in and uh, it's going to be awesome. So please do come along. And really the focus of it is for the people who don't yet know why it's good news. Just so you're wondering, we will be celebrating Jesus. We will be about what's going on. It's all about him and the resurrection. But our focus, we say here as a church is often, is, is that we're about who we can reach. We're really aiming out at people who are, who are far away from God. And then there's things that we do. Once people have come to know Jesus, that help us to draw closer and closer to him and uh, that's one of the reasons why we have these evening services that we try and have a extended periods of worship and perhaps a little bit more teaching and going a bit further and deeper with that and uh, tonight we're going to do that as we look at this thing called uh, the tabernacle prayer. So on your, somewhere near you, you might have a piece of paper with it on and if you haven't got one and you'd like one, then if you go to the sound desk where Matt is, he's got a few or if you come down the front, I've got some extras too. And um, you might want to make notes on it if you want to, but really I don't want us to just, once we get into this, talk about it or you sit and make notes on it. I want us to do it. Because the best way that we're going to learn to do this is actually to do it and to, to go into what is effectively a, a, a long period of prayer. Um, because I don't know about you, but, but for me prayer has been this journey where I've you know, struggled with it over the years. And sometimes when you hear about um, how people are able to pray for ages and ages and I'm like, oh, it's just not me. And perhaps that 's why, because I mean part of the reason was the church that I initially went to, the prayer time that they had in church, there was always have a prayer time in church when somebody would get up and kind of read some prayers, and uh, we sat in pews in that particular church, and, and I would put my head on the pew in front sometimes and really try my best to stick with it, and then so often. I'd just be asleep within a few minutes and, like, occasionally even have spit bubbles and things. It was not good. So, I'm I, I like, that always that made me feel terrible about prayer. So, prayer times in church were always a thing that I absolutely dreaded, which is not what you expect a minister to be saying, I suppose, or somebody's leading a church. But I was like, oh no, now is the prayer time. And, um, and yet it should be the most exciting thing. We're in this year of prayer where we're all talking about how we can have this relationship with God, this dynamic conversation that's going on where we're hearing him and speaking with him and you know, how do we really fully engage with God in prayer. And this is a way, it's a form. It's not a formula, but it's a form of prayer. Some of us were here previous weeks when we looked at the Lord's Prayer and said that could become, instead of just words that we say, um, and again, when I was a kid, we would talk the Lord's Prayer and you basically, sometimes I would just say it as quickly as I could, to get through the words and then I can get on with the next thing that I had to do. Um, because the way that in the particular church I was brought up in then, it was like basically the badder you were, the more Lord's Prayers you had to say. And so I would kind of go through them as quickly as I could and then go out and do some more bad stuff. So... That's again, just a, you know, it's not anybody else's fault, that's my wrong interpretation in terms of what prayer is. But we saw that actually you can go through the Lord's Prayer and you can use it as a format and you can pause. And you can think, what does it mean? Our Father in heaven. Wow. Let's sit on that for a minute. Let's rest into that. Let's talk to God and say, thank you that you're our Father. You're not just even my Father. But you're everywhere. So we've gone through that and we ended up, You know, initially it was going to be one week and we ended up with for weeks and weeks going through that. But I promise you we're not going to do that tonight with the tabernacle prayer. We're going to go through. Okay, so it's a form of prayer where we use the journey through the tabernacle, which was like the tent of meeting that was set up in the desert for the people of Israel. And there's like these different stations of different things as you went into the 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 uh, the tabernacle, and and it's you know very similar to later on what would happen in in the temple, except that was obviously made that was a, a solid construction as opposed to a tent because the people of God were on the move so they built a tabernacle then when they got um, positioned and got their own land then they said let's make a a temple but this is like a divinely ordained pattern of God saying here's a way that you can approach me and if you were here on Tuesday night some of you may have been you would have heard Matt Lynch teaching about this and if not I really encourage you to be able to uh, download the podcast and have a listen to that because he taught some great stuff Uh, on on some of the theology about that. But I first heard about the tabernacle prayer when I was um, uh, reading some things around a guy uh, called Yonggi Cho who um, founded what became the biggest church in the world in in South Korea, in Seoul in South Korea. Uh, I can't even remember the numbers of how many incredible thousands of people go along to this church. And those guys can pray. You know, they had these prayer mountains and you say, again, he would say, I'm reading these things and he said, oh, you know, we had 24 hours of prayer and we had 14 hours of prayer and 12 hours, and I'm like, whoa, man, 12 minutes is good for me and what's going on there? And, um, and, uh, and he said he prayed this tabernacle prayer regularly for over 50 years and he said it was an incredible blessing and that they saw all kinds of breakthroughs and he attributed a lot of what happened in their church and its growth and the miracles that took place to him and others regularly praying through the tabernacle prayer in this manner so um, again I don't have to necessarily spend ages on each section and sometimes when I'm praying like this I don't manage to get all the way through it and that's okay because prayer is about a relationship with God. So I want to reiterate, this is a form, it's not a formula, it's a format. And there are all kinds of forms and types of prayer that are good. And if they help you to pray, then they're good. And the tabernacle prayer is one that's helped me. Because it's actually a form of worshipping and prayer being combined together. And it's based, as I say, on that pattern that God gave when he laid out the temple. And he said to Moses, this is how I want you to, to do it. And again some people might say well is it like some legalistic ritual and the answer is it can be if you want it to be you know if you, you can make it into some legalistic ritual if you want to anything, anything pretty much can be because legalism is a spirit it's something that happens when the pattern becomes more important to us than the purpose and um, that was the Pharisees problem if you you know they memorized the Bible and knew all kinds of stuff about the Bible but didn't recognize its author when he stood in front of them And um, theologians, and again Matt alluded to this in the week, believed that the tabernacle in some way, some mysterious way, was was, was shown in the way in which it was to try and demonstrate and represent something on earth of, of a pattern of what's going on in heaven. And of Jesus being our great high priest. And if you read the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, you're going to see allusions to all of that. So now we don't have to build a tent, we don't have to build a temple, we're not all about buildings. We're, why not? Because we're the temple now. So we, can, we are presence carriers of the Holy Spirit wherever we go in the world, if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. So this is a pattern of prayer that originates in heaven that was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And basically every aspect of Old Testament worship really only has value for us in that it points in some way to Jesus it helps us to be able to get closer to him. So this is actually a great way to get to learn more about the Lord and to recognise that we're filled with his presence. Um, So you are the temple of the Holy Spirit and uh, every Christian who has the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us, we are members of a royal priesthood too so all that stuff about being a priest applies to us. See the danger again can be, um, you know the word liturgy, the word of liturgy, and again there's nothing wrong with liturgy some churches have a liturgical formula and that came out of wanting the people to make sure that what they were doing that it was kind of in order and that it was biblical and it was right and, and so they've put these forms of words these structures together and liturgy actually literally means the work of the people so it's meant to be everybody's job and it helps us all to be able to pray and not go kind of off track in some way that they would take the time to be able to put the words together into some kind of liturgy and that can form like a a good skeleton if you like a framework for prayer so we don't just go all over the place but again the danger can be well two things one can be that um, it becomes too formulaic and so it's just religious and basically it's like you're just you're reading the recipe but never baking the cake you know that's all that's really happening and the other time is the other problem is that it can end up not being the, the work of the people. It becomes the work of a priest who does it on behalf of everybody, which is actually Jesus's job. And he doesn't want. Well, it's Jesus's job and it's everybody's job. It's not one person's job at the front to be able to do that. So we're going to do this, and we're going to do it in a minute. And I, I encourage you in a moment to move chairs about, create yourself a bit of room, and actually fully engage with it. This is not an observation exercise, it's not just a listening exercise. God's here, we're going to talk to him, and you can talk to him about anything. And this is just going to help you to have a framework. So if you start to feel a bit sleepy, and you're thinking, this is an odd time, no it's not. It's, uh, it's, it's Slap yourself, slap the person next to you, wake yourselves up, give yourself fully to this, because this is... You know, recognize this is a holy moment. This is a holy time that we're going to do. It's not just a way to pass a few moments. It's actually serious business. This is the work of the people to do this kind of thing, and it's work, so we're going to work it. And I've found when I do this, even when I do it on my own, sometimes I can do more than an hour doing it like this. In fact, sometimes I'm like, wow, where did the time go from there? And it felt like 15 minutes to be able to do it. And we're not going to do an hour because I'm going to push through. But, um, you know, this is is how we can do it. So, hands up if you're part of a kingdom of priests. The Bible says you are. Anybody else? Yes, that's good. Because we're members of a royal priesthood. And our job, our role is to represent God before people and people before God. So part of this year of prayer, we've said it, one of the things that we want to do is to bring God to people and bring people to God. So this is us and God, but it's also God might bring situations to mind as we're praying. He might bring he might bring big things or small things to mind. You know, I'm interested in the career thing because when, when we were doing the uh, 40 days of prayer with Rick Warren, our grow group w- was watching one, one week and... Um, and he said, prayers like a, a missile that can be fired anywhere and nothing can stop it. And something twigged in here because that week was all about the president of North Korea and him and B- Donald Trump going on about missiles and my missiles are bigger than your missiles kind of thing. And, uh, and, I, and something in here, I thought, wow, I'm going to pray for the president of North Korea to become a Christian. And I put it on Facebook, which was probably a bit daft. And, you know, it was like, wow, that's a, but know who else is going to do it? And about two other people said, me too. Great. And then that same week, there was this thing where they said that the Olympics, the North Korea and South Korea were going to come together under the same flag. And I was like, wow. And then the next thing is we've got Donald Trump meeting with him, and you've got movement. I don't know. I'm not saying it's there, but God moves when we move in prayer. God, God's listening to our prayers. We can pray big prayers as well as little bless me prayers. And pray little bless me prayers because they're good too. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you as well. So so why don't you, if you want to, have a stand up and a stretch just to get yourself going, just to move about. And then again, move your chair if you want to. You don't have to sit on that chair. We, I don't, we haven't got left much room between the chairs. They seem to be for people with small legs. So feel free to um, make room yourself to be able to do this because we're going to, do quite a lot of this I'm just going to be praying it out loud and you, you helping you to engage with it and perhaps it'll be recorded and, and um, it might be something that people can use in their own prayer time afterwards but we want to, we're going to do this and then we're going to do like three quarters of it then we get the band are going to come up and because we, we want to blend some worship we're going to have a bit of worship and then we're going to go into the final bit of it. And again, this is just an overview, and if you Google Tabernacle Prayer, Yongi Cho, something like that, you can find lots more on it. There's a whole website about it. But I figure the best way to learn about it is to do it, so let's do it. Father, we want to pray tonight, so we come to your holy mountain right now. We're seeking you. We're crying out for your anointing today anoint us Lord it's only through your anointing that we can carry out your work according to your will only through your anointing through your Holy Spirit can I fulfill your plan for my life you commanded Moses to build a tabernacle in the wilderness Lord you dwelt there and met your people there so this tabernacle now allows a way for me to be able to come close to you and thank you that when I come close to you you come close to me And I desire that intimacy now. So tonight, according to your word, I am a priest in your temple, which is my body. My spirit is as the holy of holies. My mind is the holy place. My physical body is like the courtyard. So come, Lord Jesus, Work through my spirit, through my mind, through my body. Jesus, you are the great high priest of heaven. Teach me my priestly duties today. Teach me to pray according to this ordained pattern of approaching God. This is going to involve your imagination. So we sanctify our imaginations. Holy Spirit, come and cleanse our minds and our hearts so that we can approach you. As we come to the first station which is the brazen, which is symbolises for us the, the cross. The brazen altar. In my imagination, just imagine a, a great big fire pit, like the biggest barbecue you've ever seen. I see the tabernacle courtyard in my mind and there is the brazen altar and I remember the different offerings that are presented there. The sin offering, the burnt offerings, the thanksgiving, reconciliation offerings, all pointing to the, the work of Jesus Christ, the sacrifice for me at Calvary. Do I recognise the tremendous cost of sin? And I believe the cross of Jesus Christ replaces that brazen altar for me now Your blood replaces the blood of sacrificial animals once and for all and for all time, declares that my sin is forgiven. I am declared righteous through the cross. There is no guilt, no shame, no condemnation for me today because I have a clean slate. I will enjoy the glory of God today. The Shekinah glory is in me. Lord, through your shed blood, you conquered the world and the devil. So any hold that the world or the devil would try to have on me is cancelled and broken right now in Jesus' name. Because of your blood, I am free. Just receive that by faith. You hung on the cross. You took up my infirmities by the stripes Jesus endured in the courtyard of Pilate, I am healed. Through the cross, I am redeemed from the curse. You hung on a tree so that the Abrahamic blessing could be mine, I am blessed. Say it, I am blessed. I'm under the blessing of Christ. Today, in my home, in my work, on my street, in my ministry, in my family. You became poor for me so that I can be rich in Christ Jesus. In Christ I'm redeemed completely from negative thinking. No cloudy thinking for me. Only clarity. As I have the mind of Christ, I am redeemed. I'm bought and paid for. Redeemed from death and hell. Through his death on the cross, through his resurrection and ascension, I am with Jesus and he is with me. His redeeming grace flows to me now. Thank you, Jesus, that my mind is renewed when I pray this way. When I claim these truths, as I worship you, thank you for renewing me from a mind that was clogged with lies and negative thoughts. I have nothing to do with the filthy things of this world, but I cut them off. Every tie with darkness in Jesus' name. No more self failing prophecy for me, only God fulfilling prophecy for me now. Lord, clarify my vision of myself as your adopted child, a member of your family of priests. Make me aware of my new identity. I'm a new person in you, I'm a new creation. Say that I'm a new creation. No more identity crisis. I have a clear identity in Jesus Christ. I will not sign for the devil's packages today. My mind is no longer victimised by lies. I am a new creature. I am holy, sanctified. I am blessed. The glory of God is mine. So today and every day I renew my mind. I confirm and affirm my new identity. I worship Jesus and the sacrifice for me, which means I have been adopted Say that. I have been adopted into your family as a son, as a daughter of God. And I've been ordained as a priest in your royal priesthood. I've been delivered from sin to righteousness, from the world and the devil to the Holy Spirit and the throne of God, from sickness to health and healing, from poverty and the cursed mindset to inherit God's Abrahamic blessings. All of this happens through the cross and blood of Jesus Christ. I worship Jesus at the brazen altar in the courtyard of the tabernacle. And again, picture that in your mind. Yeah, thank you, Lord. The next station is the laver. It's a big bath full of water. And this is a time when we say, Lord, I invite you to expose sin. In me. This is where we cleanse our consciences. It's like taking a bath or a shower. The priest would wash their face and their feet and their hands in the laver. It's a looking glass. When I lean over it, I see myself. So before I go into the holy place to see my father's face, I want to look in the laver and see myself. And a good thing to do is reflect on the Ten Commandments. Not to condemn me, but because I want a clear conscience. I can't drag a guilty conscience into your presence Lord so number one do I worship any other gods? do I even put myself ahead of Jesus? forgive me Lord for dishonouring you by entertaining other gods number two Do I bow down to any idols? Have I placed anything? Any other role? Ahead of my calling as a priest holy unto the Lord? Am I giving my first and my best to something else or anybody else? Am I worshipping graven images of money or power? Forgive me, Lord, for dishonoring you by worshiping idols. Commandment three, do I call God's name in vain? Any of God's names? Forgive me, Lord, if I've dishonored you by taking any of your names in vain. Commandment four, do I honor God by keeping the Sabbath day holy? I'm resting from work so I can work for you from rest. <clears throat> Forgive me, Lord, for any times that I've dishonored you by breaking your Sabbath commandment. Help me to learn to live in your rest that you've won for me. Number five, do I honor my parents? do I blame them for my problems do I dishonor you or those that you put in authority over me leaders government do I, do I gossip about them forgive me father for the negative influence of our culture that disrespects our parents and the elderly in ways that so dishonors you. May I be free from such influence. And forgive me for dishonoring you, Father. Number six. Do I kill by hating? That's the way Jesus can define it, redefine it. In what ways am I programming my mind to anger? to hold a grudge or prejudice. Lord, I forgive others now and release all offenses and repent of any angry words that I've spoken. Please forgive me for dishonoring you through angry words and hatred. Lord, deliver me from an angry, bitter heart. Only you can do this. I've failed to control my anger. But your Holy Spirit can help me. Give me grace to have victory. Commandment number seven, do I commit adultery or entertain lustful thoughts? Forgive me, cleanse me, make me holy, renew my mind. Give me the fear of the Lord. Help me to walk worthily before you by delivering me from unhealthy or unholy appetites? Commandment number eight, am I stealing from you, Lord, or anybody? Am I squandering or misusing your gifts to me? Am I dishonest in my work? Am I taking anything without paying for it or without permission or not giving it my all? Forgive my poor stewardship any times when I've squandered time or treasure or talents that you gave me, Lord. Give me grace to restore anything that I've mishandled that you gave me to handle in a way that would honour you. Number nine, am I witnessing falsely? Forgive me for lying, any false, no such thing as white lies. Give me a lover, a love for truth, so I can be a true witness of Jesus. And commandment number ten, am I coveting, wanting, grasping, greedy? things you don't want me to have, things that belong to my neighbor. I have so many blessings that come from you, Lord. I'm grateful for them. Just take a moment to count your blessings. Thank you, God. All good things come from you, Lord. You're the source of every blessing and all abundance. Please forgive me for dishonoring you by wanting anything outside of your will for me. Thank you, God, that you are so good, so abundant, so generous. You want to bless me more than I would even want to be blessed. So I release my time, I release my money to you so that you can make open space in my life and I receive your abundance and your blessing. Your will be done. Make open space in my life. I worship you, Jesus, at the laver in the courtyard of the tabernacle. And just to keep engaged, if you want to, you could stand up and move about and do something that keeps your mind focused so you don't just drift. Because we go now into the holy place where there's candlesticks. And I open the curtain and I walk into the holy place and there I see the candlesticks which symbolise the Holy Spirit, the sevenfold spirit of God. The Bible says that's the spirit of wisdom, of understanding, counsel, might, knowledge and the fear of the Lord, of holiness. Holy Spirit, I welcome a deeper, more intimate relationship with you now than I had yesterday. And I want to keep on growing closer. So Holy Spirit, through your anointing, give me your wisdom so that I can solve all my problems through your wisdom. Give me your understanding of the deep truths of God and help me to pass them on to others. Give me counsel as I follow your narrow path. If it pleases you, allow me to advise others too. Give me tremendous might, Lord, so that I might... See you heal the sick and cast out the enemy and stand against his works. Holy Spirit, increase my knowledge of God. Give me a, fien- a keen fear of the Lord so that I will walk wisely before you and not commit sin. Thank you, Lord, that I live in the age of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to keep striving. I don't want to catch quail with my bare hands. I want your wind to blow the quail into my camp. So I depend on you, Holy Spirit, not my own strength. And thank you, Holy Spirit, you're not just a force. You are a person, a holy person with a will and emotions. Forgive me for treating you impersonally. Forgive me for quenching you. I welcome you, I love you, I adore you, I worship you, I depend on you. Let's go, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your anointing. Let's work together. I'll follow you as we go to the next station. The table of showbread symbolizing the word of God. Thank you, Lord, that in your Bible There is your Logos word and your Rima word. Thank you for the written word and the inspired word of God. Thank you that there's more than 7,000 promises that you wrote as the Logos words, potentially all mine. But I need your specific Rima words to come alive in my heart. Give me my daily bread. When I come to you for your word, give me the word that is life to me give me faith to act upon it. Peter didn't walk on water by reading about Israelites crossing the Red Sea but he requested that Jesus would command him to come and walk on the water. That specific Rema word came to Peter and he stood on it. So I wait on you Lord today for an inspired word. what's the Holy Spirit going to speak to you what's he speaking to you now what's he saying just listen for a moment The next section is the altar of incense. Father, you are omnipotent. That means you can do anything, and I will believe you. I choose to believe you. I reject fear and doubt. I will not live by either of them. I can't live by any of them. I trust you, I trust your word. I trust you, Holy Spirit. You are always with me. You will never leave me or forsake me. You are in me. I am where you live. Make yourself really real to me now as we worship you. The band are going to come up because here at the Altar of Incense we just can stand and worship and pray in the Holy Spirit as the Lord leads us. And again, if you're doing this at home, you could just to maybe put on some worship and and uh, focus on just drawing close, drawing closer to Jesus. Praying as the Lord leads you in that. So let's stand as the band come and lead us in a short uh, time of, of sung worship. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I enter with faith and confidence into the Holy of Holies. See the blood of Jesus Christ sprinkled on the mercy seat that declares it is finished. All my debts have been paid in full. I am free. Free from bondage to sin of any kind. Through the blood I have the imparted righteousness of Jesus Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So I approach the presence of my Father God with boldness because of what Christ has already accomplished for me. And I praise you, Father, for the wonderful, incredible blessing of the righteousness that's been given to me as a free gift from your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that the devil is my defeated enemy. I'll not bow down to a roaring lion because he's been defeated. I see the commandments in the ark. And I know that Christ's blood breaks the power of the law that would make me work for righteousness. The law is my mirror now, not my master. It helps me clean my face and my conscience, but does not condemn me. Because no human works or achievements are required for my salvation. It's only to believe, to have faith in the finished work of the cross. Thank you, Father, that now the blood of Christ covers me and is my deliverance from sin and my freedom from human works to achieve any right standing before you, Lord. For it is by grace that I've been saved. Through faith, the gift of God, and not because of works. For we are God's own workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, that we may do the good works which God planned beforehand that we should walk in them. And all of this prayer so far has just been to bring us into this powerful place in the presence of the Holy of Holies where... In Korea, they would now pray what they call a ripple prayer, where you start with you and any needs that you have. That's like the stone going in the water, but then it ripples out from there to those closest to me. Then works out from there like a, a stone makes a ripple on the water, it can go across the whole of the earth. But we're now really ready to have our prayers and petitions heard and answered. As we bring them humbly before you Lord. With confidence that you hear from heaven. And you answer prayer. And you move mountains. So just let's do that for a moment. Just do that ripple prayer thing. If you've got something on your mind. Something that is so big. You can't carry it for you just give that to him and then from there you go outwards to the needs of others receive the love for yourself and then send that out to others in Jesus name blessing to go to others and any other situations around the world or your world name people before him Name situations. Just bring them to him. He knows it all anyway. But he he says, ask. Cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and petition make your request known to God and then the peace of God which passes all understanding will keep and guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus just let that peace come thank you Lord for your peace in this place